This is the Daily Beast Podcast. I'm John Avalon, Editor-in-Chief of the Daily Beast. On this podcast, you're going to hear conversations about news, politics, pop culture, oh, and so much more from Daily Beast Radio on Sirius XM Inside Channel 121. Uh, Daily Beast Radio airs Saturdays at 9 a.m. and Sundays at 5 a.m. and noon. So let's get to it. Let's get on with the show. All right, it's time for some politics and U.S. news with Olivia Newsy, our senior Trump correspondent. She loves it when we call her that. And uh, Justin Miller, cheat sheet editor, uh, soon-to-be U.S. news editor. Um, how are you all? Happy Friday. Hi. Um, so uh, let's start with Hillary's no good, very bad week, which seems to be almost every week. But um, she had one of the top ten worst press conferences I've ever seen. Every time she has a press conference. No, 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 this was unusually bad. I mean, I mean, this is like Dick Nixon, 1962 ballpark, like very testy, frustrated, all about the email servers. Um, and, and, and look, the GOP spin on this, obviously, you know, discount by 75%. They're interested in not having Hillary Clinton on the ballot or having her deeply, deeply damaged. But the Democrats spinning for Hillary, that's a thankless task on this particular issue. And, and they're trying to do so as best they can, but they just do not really have facts on their side. And if they're being honest behind the scenes, they're like, how did they create this mess? How has it been contained? Olivia, what say you? I mean, Hillary just has a trust issue, and I don't think any Democrat coming out to try and defend her on this issue is really doing themselves any favors. Yes. Yes, that. <laughs> Justin? Um, you know, in that press conference, she said, oh, the only people asking me about it, the email controversy are you guys, the reporters. She sort of huffed off. And, uh, well, it's not, you know, they may be the only ones asking them, but they're not, they're not the only ones concerned, right? We've now seen, you know, her uh, trust, people at, people don't trust her. The increase, I guess, in the lack of trust, so to speak, is going up. Nationally, she's under 50% with Democrats the first time virtually ever, right, that she's been running for president, officially or not, for the 2016 cycle. Um, she's losing to Trump in Florida. In a poll, uh, this is this is bad. Okay, I want to do a little reality check on polls. So I did a segment uh, this week on um, on the New Day Show, which I do most mornings, and we did a little walk through snapshots of polling at this point in the cycle. Four years ago, nominee Rick Perry was at twenty seven percent in the GOP. Um, Four years before that, Hillary Clinton had a commanding lead in the Democratic side, and my old Boston friend Rudy Giuliani had a 25-point lead higher than Donald Trump. And in 04, uh, we all remember President Joe Lieberman. Um, he had 23%, and John Edwards uh, was next. Um, you know, what's interesting to me just looking at, at those polls is not only is the leader at this time in the cycle never hasn't won the nomination, kept coming with a spitting distance to the presidency, uh, but actually, the people who end up getting the nomination, and even the final three, you know, Huckabee's way in the back, uh, you know, Santorum, who won Iowa, like 1%. You know, so I don't want to discount the conservative populist core that loves Donald Trump, but a head-to-head matchup in Florida where Donald Trump's beating Hillary is just, you know, man, I mean. So you're saying, so you're saying Hillary's ready for a come down, in other words, right, if she's pulling <laughs> this high this early. 
That's one way to interpret it. That <laughs> I mean, if, if, well it applies, played, if it applies to the Republicans, then, you know, it would also apply to Hillary, right? I mean, she doesn't She doesn't want to be losing air right now, especially when she's trying to fend off by this air of inevitability someone else entering the race like Biden, who does not have these trust issues. But by that logic, if she just keeps going up and up and up, then the come down is going to be worse. If she doesn't, she should plateau early or lose steam, a little bit of steam early if she doesn't want to have but a total deflation. But do you all think that really, I mean, we in the press... And, you know, most people would like to see a more competitive race because it's it's better for the country. It's better to cover. It's more better interesting. Story. But do you really think Joe Biden is a better nominee for the Democratic Party than Hillary Clinton? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I do. Why? He seems like a human being, and he doesn't really have the same trust issues that she does. So even though he doesn't poll that well right now, even though he's, like, a little creepy. Um, he's a little creepy. <laughs> Yes, uh, he still has that going for him, and I think everything that people hate about Hillary, you could say Biden, you know, doesn't have that against him. All right, and you do you hate Hillary? Do I hate Hillary? Why do you hate Hillary? Why? Why are you so sexist, Olivia? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't hate Hillary. I just think that she, you know, she has a lot of uh, negative attributes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will say she's run a very substantive campaign in terms of policy to date, but that's you could even spin that yeah. as deflection on um, trying to deflect from these other issues. Um, Donald Trump's going to talk to 30,000 people in a football stadium in Mobile, Alabama. I'm very excited. Um, Donald Trump is determining the terms of the debate in the Republican Party right now to an extent that would have been ludicrous to assume a month ago. What do you think the right tack to push back on Trump is for reform responsible Republicans? By which I mean not Ted Cruz. Ignore, I think Scott the only Walker. thing that they can do is ignore him because really? we saw oh. with Jeb Bush, it just doesn't work when they attack him. Mm. Rand Paul looked silly attacking him in the debate. Uh, anyone who's really come out to say anything, I don't think anyone's benefited from it. They look either desperate or just like they're sinking to his level. On a candidate basis, you can't ignore him, right? You have to engage. And, you know, if you want to win, if you want to be a party that's going to be viable in the 21st century, and you need to tell Trump, like, you need to stick up for immigrants and Mexicans. As unpopular as that's going to be with the base, because that's, you got to surf towards where the puck is. Um, you know, it would only help Jeb Bush if he, you know, becomes the nominee and beats Trump and says, you know what, from day one, I wasn't on board with his, you know, semi-racist stuff, unlike Scott Walker, who today said he doesn't have a position one way or the other on birthright citizenship. Yeah. Fourteenth well, Amendment to the Constitution is I have a position on it. I think you can respond to Trump's uh, substance, if we want to use that word, to his policy ideas and not attack him personally or say that he's, you know, silly or things like that. I think when you get into like a, a personal debate with him like Carly Fiorina did, I think that looks bad. Yeah, I think you can you can, you I, can mean, I think what Justin's saying is yeah. you need to confront him on the policy, on the ideas, on the downstream effect of those ideas and, and to try to distinguish yourself that way. I think that's the best path. I mean, a lot of people do support him, so I think you have to do it really carefully because those voters are going to have to go somewhere, and they're not just going to go to, like, Ted Cruz or Scott Walker or someone who oh, didn't. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily a given. Ted Cruz is so in cahoots with Trump. Oh, he's trying so hard. Well, too, if you're Jeb Bush and your brother and your father have been on a national ticket since, you know, virtually every time since, what, 1980. Do you want to do you want to win in a Republican Party that has been infected by Trumpism? 
or would you want to is it is it better to risk not winning the nomination and trying to somehow save your party yes than than opposite well it is yes so be a statesman be a leader don't be a politician stand up for what's right honestly and against trump well that's what we want it's like citizens but how realistic is it that anyone's going to Absolutely. Like it's, it's, it, that's what the test of leadership. Do you stand up and do the right thing when it doesn't seem like it'll be the popular thing? Right. So there. So there, <laughs> Olivia Newsy. Calls out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Olivia Newsy, Justin Miller, thank you very much. You've been listening to the Daily Beast Radio podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or wherever you get your fix. Uh, tune into more Daily Beast Radio on Sirius XM Insight 121, Saturdays at 9 and Sundays at noon. I'm John Avalon, editor in chief of the Daily Beast.